Welcome to Be Who You Really Are. I'm Tegan and I'm obsessed with showing you how to live life your own way. I do this not by telling you what to do, but by guiding you to reconnect to your intuition. I utilize the human design system in my human design hack segment at the end of each episode so you will learn how each of the topics I explore applies to your unique energetic blueprint. The advice you receive will be catered to who you really are, not who you think you should be. The days of trusting external authorities to make our decisions for us are coming to an end. There's no better time than right now to reconnect to the real you, the version of you that's excited for your future, the version of you that makes your own choices and in doing so gets to consciously create the life of their dreams. This is my wish for you and this is what my podcast is all about, showing you how to trust yourself completely as you create the relationships, the opportunities and the lifestyles you've always dreamed of. In these episodes, we will explore each topic from three angles, from an individual level, a relationship level, and a human design level. Save this podcast in your favorites because it's about to change your life. Well, you're about to change your life. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm going to be talking about how we can reconnect our intuition. This is such an important topic to be discussing and I think that this would solve so many people's problems. When we know where we can trust ourselves, this is a game changer. So I'm going to be sharing with you three powerful ways that I've also used and still use in my own life to help you to reconnect to your intuition. So it's just like going to the gym as well with reconnecting to intuition. And also, I think it's going to be important to talk about why we are not feeling connected to our intuition. So let me get into that. When we first arrived as little babies into the world, we had deep trust in ourselves. Even though, you know, you look at a little baby and you think, how does that baby trust itself? It can't even wipe its own bum, can't do anything for itself. We have that guidance system from the moment that we're born and we trusted ourselves. You see kids playing around. They just don't have as many worries as we do. And we say, oh, that's because they don't have the responsibilities yet, blah, blah, blah. But I would say that's because they know who they are. They're not afraid to be themselves. We slowly get conditioned by others and by the environment around us to behave in certain ways that are deemed as socially acceptable. And in that process, we make sacrifices with ourselves where we deny ourselves of who we really are and we don't act and behave in the way that is truly aligned with who we are. And with time, we end up disregarding our gut feeling or our intuition. And I'm going to talk about the types of intuition that you can experience energetically and in your body today as well. But bottom line, we start, we really learn to like lead our own lives from our mind and our mind, unless you're, unless you have an authority in the mind, which is very rare, your mind and the thoughts that are going on are not designed to make the decisions for you in your life. That's what your intuition is designed to do. But nonetheless, most of us are making decisions with our head. We're listening to thoughts in our heads and that's how we're making decisions and that space, the mind, it's its a creative portal. It's there for us to have ideas come through and to explore and create, but it is not there to make decisions. I'm also going to be talking about, obviously, human design in a lot of these episodes. And I'm going to start by sharing an analogy, a uh, human design analogy with you. To, and I'm going to say that, look, our bodies, imagine our bodies. 
the vehicle that we're in essentially is a car. Let's just imagine we're looking at a car right now. So the vehicle, the car is the body. And then what we have is we actually have a driver that is in the front seat driving us to where we want to go, like our destination, our intention in this life. That is what we call a magnetic monopole. So this is actually like a direction center that we have inside of us. So this isn't something I'm going to be talking about in this episode. I really want to focus on where your mind is in this analogy. So your mind, your head center, where all those thoughts are running wild. Imagine that is a person sitting in the back of the car. So what is a passenger designed to do? Because essentially your mind is meant to be a passenger in this life. So passengers are designed to look out the window. They enjoy the ride. They trust the journey. They're not directing, you know, we've got Google Maps for that. You know, the the passenger is there to enjoy the ride. The passenger is there to observe, to get curious and to really like get creative in that seat. You know, it's not the person that's in the passenger seat isn't designed to be driving the car, but this is what's happening. Most of us, our minds, this is what's happening. Um, Our passenger is leaning over, trying to grab the steering wheel from the chauffeur, i.e. their inner direction, their, you know, this magnetic monopole, this person. And we're trying to steer because we're afraid that we don't know where we're going. And that's a really great way of seeing that all of our decisions that we make with our mind are based in fear. And it's really hard sometimes to decipher the difference between a fear-based decision and a non-fear-based decision because our mind has such great ways of con- you know, convincing us, us that we're making the right choice. But I'm going to be showing you in this episode how you can reconnect to your intuition and through reconnecting to your intuition, you will be able to clearly recognize what is a fear-based decision, what's coming from your mind and what's actually coming from your own inner guidance system. So there's a three-step process here. Well, three systems, three powerful ways that you can discern what is a good decision for you to make, what is coming from your inner guidance system, what is coming from your intuition, and what is coming from the fear-based programming that many of us are allowing to lead our lives. So step one, a great system and a great way to, to recognize what is an intuitive decision versus what's a fear-based decision is utilizing your emotional guidance system. So what I mean by that is simply your emotions. So the thing is, so many of us repress, and I speak for myself in this too. I was terrible. I was terrible. I would always repress because again, we were taught certain beliefs and it doesn't have to be spoken to us. Like you need to repress your emotions, but you'll see the behaviors of the world and the environment and, you know, your parents, you know, school, you'll see what's happening and you'll just kind of fall in suit with that. That is what we do because in those younger years, when we come into the world, we are a sponge and we just absorb everything and we trust everything that's coming into our experience. We have no, we have no thoughts that are like against the fact that we can just trust what's going on. So we are very vulnerable to the conditioning and therefore many of us actually repress our emotions. We actually feel guilty about, you know, not feeling good and we actually kind of feel shame around our emotional experience. So it's really important for you to open up to your emotions. And this is a very, very 
challenging experience, especially when you've been repressing your emotional state for so long, because again, this isn't going to feel good to you. It's going to feel like you're leaning into resistance. The second process that I'll share with you will make it easier for you to discern again, like, well, okay, Tegan, I'm going to use my emotions to decide, to help me discern what is my intuition, what is not, but how do, like, how do I even start with that? And the next process I'll share with you is going to help you a lot. But initially, just to explain your emotions, really there is only two emotions. There's good emotions and bad emotions. Good emotions make you feel good. Bad emotions make you feel bad. And when I'm saying bad, I'm not saying that the emotion is bad, like per se, that you shouldn't experience it. I'm not saying that, that it's a bad thing to be having. I'm just saying it doesn't feel good. You know what I mean. You know when you have an emotion, you're like, I wish I wasn't feeling this right now. So, you know, we can label it as so many things. We could label our emotions as happy, sad, joyful, you know, um, angry, frustrated, sad. Like there's many labels that we use to put into words how we're feeling at an emotional level. But really there is only I feel good and I don't feel good right now. I feel bad. So when you're having experiences in your external world, in your relationships, wherever you are, there's certain times where things come through. Maybe someone says something to you, you know, from the external experience, or perhaps uh, maybe you're saying something to yourself in your mind. And this is what I really wanted to pinpoint here, that you, your emotions are coming down to perception. So whatever you're perceiving is getting converted into an emotional experience. And then your emotional experience is basically the result of your thoughts. So your perception, your thoughts, you know, what you're thinking about certain things is kind of like the story of your perception. And then from there, you're going to be having, again, the emotional experience. So what I want to pinpoint here is it's not even so much the external things that are happening around you. And while your external environment can certainly represent the beliefs that you have, because that's exactly what it will do, you're actually having emotional responses based off not the raw raw experience or the raw external event, but the perception of the event. That is what is leading to the emotional response that you're getting. So your perception of the event is in the mind. That is the stories that we tell ourselves about what is happening. It's not actually what's happening because it's what whatever's happening, we're the ones creating meaning around what is happening. And it's the meaning that we put to things that brings out certain emotional responses in us. So if we have an experience where we have a good emotional response, it's because we are perceiving or bringing meaning to what's happening in a way that aligns with who we really are. So when you're feeling good, you are in alignment with yourself. So your thoughts and what you're perceiving is in alignment with who you really are. And I'm going to give a little general term on who you really are because who you really are is a worthy, loving, kind, like you're, you're this beautiful being, you know, you're a creative spirit, you know your worth and but who you really are is somebody who sees and perceives everything through the eyes of love. If that, that's the simple sentence I'll use for it. So when you're having certain perceptions of certain experiences and it feels good for you, it's because the thoughts that you're thinking and the story that you're telling about your experience is in alignment with your truest self. 
That's why it feels good. So when you have certain experiences that don't feel good, it's because the story that you're giving, the story that you're creating around whatever experience you're having is not in alignment with who you really are. And what you'll be doing in these instances is you'll be feeling guilty. You'll be feeling ashamed. You'll be feeling, again, like angry. You know, all of these emotional states, what they're telling you is you're perceiving and kind of um, digesting life in a way that isn't who you really are. And it's okay because this is how we learn. So it's really important to understand that when you're figuring out this is me, this is what works for me and this isn't, the really, we need to scrap out blame straight away. You can't be blaming yourself. You can't be blaming others. That's just going to create a really shitty experience for you because the energy of that just is very draining in itself and it doesn't add value to your life and it doesn't add value to anyone else's. We are really raised to think, we're raised with this like punishment reward mentality. So when you did something as a child and, you know, your parents didn't feel good when you did that, they're going to, they're going to, respond to you in a way that doesn't feel good. They're going to tell you you're a bad girl, bad boy, you know, that's disrespectful, you're so rude. And that doesn't feel good when they say this because that's not who you are, you see. But now what's happening is you're getting this like emotional response to the external cues of what someone else is saying to you that doesn't feel good. And what's funny about this though is because as I said when we're young and we're just we're just absorbing everything and we're becoming a sponge we're absorbing how the whole thing's playing out and eventually we replace that external cue. So where our parents might have said you're good when you do this and you would have felt good and you're bad when you do this you would have felt bad what eventually happens is we create these stories in our mind that replicate the very experience we had as a child so when we do something and our parents might have once perceived that as not good it doesn't matter if they're not they're telling us that anymore we're going to start telling ourselves that we're going to start saying the very things that we hated to hear to ourselves we become our own kind of police officer we police ourselves and yeah when we think we've done something bad we punish ourselves internally we put ourselves through the same mental turmoil, the same thought patterns. So when somebody said, you're stupid when you do this, or that was silly, Tegan, when you're a child, you'll start saying that stuff to yourself. And this is what I want to try and pinpoint with you. Those sentences, those stories, the way you're speaking to yourself, that's not who you really are. That's why it feels not good. That's why you have uncomfortable feelings come up. And that's why all your feelings are so powerful, good or bad, whether they feel comfortable or uncomfortable. Because in simple terms, no matter what the emotional state is, whether you're feeling good or feeling bad, these emotions are guiding you. They're literally like the key to showing you what you, how you just process this is not in alignment with who you are. You were so harsh on yourself or you were very harsh on somebody else. Blah, blah, blah. And if you're able to actually feel your emotional state and allow that to flow through, um, you can actually get the insight. It's like the emotion is a messenger sending you a message. <laughs> so whenever you're experiencing um, an emotional state where you don't feel good, this is a very powerful message coming through where you can now connect the dots and go, wait a second, the story that I'm telling right here that's not me, that's not who I am, and that's not 
serving me and now you can release it and you can actually replace the story and sometimes depending on how like how how much this belief has been knuckled down into the subconscious just that process of recognizing what you're saying to yourself and actually getting the awareness around the narrative that you're you're putting on your story that can be enough to release the narrative and now you can choose another one and you can go I'm now going to, you know, frame frame the experience like this and your emotional responses and the way you feel will change. But a lot of the time, especially in the beginnings, when you're reconnecting to your intuition, you're learning to experience your emotions for the guides that they are instead of repressing them, a lot of the time it has to be coupled with action. So this is where it can be hard to decipher whether you're listening to your intuition or whether you're experiencing fear that you shouldn't do something. Because when you have a belief that you've, you've like unknowingly supported for all these years because it was a conditioning factor that you experienced when you were a child, it becomes comfortable. So even though you're having a negative experience with an emotional state, it's still what you know. It's still known to you. So if you're going to change this narrative, um, it's going to require you to take action. So say you, whenever you tried to share how you felt with a parent, you know, you, you had a different idea and a different viewpoint to them and you tried to share, Hey, like, I don't think that what you did there was done to the best. It could be done. I've got some great ideas. Can we do this instead in our relationship? And you were instantly rejected and told, you, you don't get to make these decisions. I'm the parent. I tell you what to do. You can do what you do once you move out of the house. So you see how that kind of rejection of you sharing your perspective with, for, well, a parent in this example, it ends up training you not to share how you feel. And naturally conflict, you know, when we have differing opinions and ideas because of the conditioning of the planet, we, lots of us just feel like we can't even share our opinion because we feel like we're going to be judged um, and that just feels so scary to us. So what you're, what I'm getting at here is in the example of you never felt comfortable being able to share how you felt with somebody, say you have feelings come up in a relationship or a friendship and you're not really sure what they mean, but you kind of, you feel like you want to share them. But then this voice in your head says, if you, you know, if you share this, you're going to be rejected by this friend. Or if you share this, they're going to hate you. So this narrative that's coming through, it's not even true. It's just, it's just uh, what's coming through to protect you from the rejection that you experienced when you were, say, a child trying to share your truth. So the thing is that this story that you're hearing of this person's going to reject you, they're going to hate you. You actually don't know whether that's true or not. And also it could be because if you haven't been sharing your truth for so long, you've probably been, you've probably been not being who you really are. So in that process, you might be around people that you're not aligned with. And the process of reconnecting to your intuition is going to mean there's going to be some situations where, yeah, you have difficult conversations and people go, I don't like you anymore. And you know why? Because they liked you because of how you made them feel and not because of who you were. So, and, and that can be a hard realization to get to, but that creates space because once you realize that, oh, wow, these people were only in this friendship for themselves, you can now release that friendship and you can let them 
can, you know, cr- space has been created in your life now for the connections that you desire. Space is also created in the other person's life for the connections that they desire. So it actually ends up being a win-win for both of you, even though there's a confrontation or there's a difficult period there. And that's natural when you're reconnecting to your intuition. You're going to change how you behave and that's going to change your environment. So, you know, that's to be expected. Anyway, back to what I was saying about deciphering the difference between fear um, that's not your intuition and the resistance you're experiencing from leaning into what you know you need to do, what your intuition is trying to guide you towards, is in that scenario of you've got this voice going, you've got this feeling that you need to share something with a close loved one and you've got this voice telling you you're going to be rejected, telling you that you're going to be hated. So, of course, when you go to have a conversation, it's going to feel very uncomfortable for you because you have this narrative playing out. So you've got this background noise saying that you're going to be rejected, saying that you're going to be hated. And even like you'll have maybe other thoughts saying that you should you shouldn't be sharing this, that you're a bad person for sharing this. There'll be many ways that it expresses So naturally, even though you've now recognized the the storyline that's happening and you can recognize that this story is a fear-based story, it's still going to bring up resistance and feelings of discomfort and fear for you to be leaning into that, going against the story, really, because there's that risk that it might be true, but also it's not even about that. It's just like you're experiencing the emotional state of that story that's playing and it comes up to protect you. So it, you know, it surfaces when you have something to say, it doesn't, you don't experience, um, those thoughts all the time that you only experience them when the actual event is coming. So when you feel the urge to share something, that is when you're going to experience the narrative going on in your mind of don't do that you're you're asking for too much, you're being too needy, you're demanding too much of them, you're being selfish or you're going to be hated, you're going to be rejected. Those stories come up and they surface when an action is about to take place that previously you had, like previously you were punished for. So previously you were told off for. That's when these emotion that's when these stories are going to surface so naturally you're going to feel resistance because as you get closer and closer to actualizing the the experience of talking to the person you you need to talk to and sharing your feelings you're going to feel this resistance throughout the conversation or especially in the beginning because you've got this story trying to stop you from sharing so if you're going against that it's going to feel resistance is the best word for it but this is why action is necessary because a lot of the time you've been actually feeding so much of your energy into this belief and that's why it has power, you know? So you need to redirect your energy. And a lot of the time, as I said, sometimes you can just recognize the narrative and you can replace it. But I would say in the beginnings, that's not the case. And what you have to do is you have to lean into that resistance. So even though you're hearing this voice in your head and you're hearing these, um, beliefs coming through, just bringing awareness to that and realizing, wait a second, this isn't based in reality. This is just, this is just a conditioning that I have. You can really kind of separate yourself from what's going on, even though you're feeling the resistance 
And now you can go have the conversation with your friend. And this is the thing. If you are rejected um, for sharing your truth, the way that I go about it anyway is I always do an internal check and go, okay, did I treat this person how I would like to be treated? And you have to be very honest with yourself, you know, you have to decide what you value and how you want to express yourself. And if you tick the first box, you treated that person how you would like to be treated and they reject you, then as I said, you've just created space for them and for yourself because you're being truthful to yourself by sharing. And yeah, sometimes friendships and relationships, they end and that's okay and it is challenging. But I want you to know that you, if you really think, oh, I can't say that to this person, I can't do that around this person, and you're, you're, you're not being honest around particular people, you have to get real with yourself and go, why am I doing that? And if it is in fact true what you think, then why are you spending time with these people? You know, you need to, you need to decide what friendships and relationships you want. So that's up to you to decide. So the first process is always for me, the internal, where I really try to recognize and bring awareness to what my own story is around what's happening. And then once I recognize the story that I'm telling, I'll take action on that and yeah, lean into that resistance, have the conversations that I've been avoiding and see what the results are. And a lot of the time, what you're imagining is not true and you aren't rejected, you aren't being a bad person and through the actual action, through you experiencing and leaning into that resistance, you have now proven that story to be not true. So that's why action is so important and it's a really powerful part of the process of deconditioning because without the action, your feet, like when you're not taking action, it's because you're actually feeding your energy into the fear. It's because you're believing the fear. Because if you didn't believe it, you wouldn't care. You know, you would still go and do, have that conversation. And the fact that you're not taking the action is is literally a sign that you are believing and feeding this fear-based belief. So yeah, that's a really, really great way for you to realize, okay, what I'm, the narrative that's happening right now is not serving me. It's not because it's not aligned with myself and you'll always experience that by not in a way of not feeling good. So whenever you're not feeling good, it's because you're not in alignment with yourself. So it's really cool. Actually, when you're feeling good, you're in alignment. When you're not feeling good, you're not in alignment. So it's actually really, really, really exciting to recognize the power of understanding your emotions like this. And nobody else can tell you what feels better to you and what feels doesn't feel better to you. So say you're really, really, really depressed or you're going through a certain experience where you feel very sad. So perhaps anger for you feels better than, than feeling depressed and sad. So even though someone might say, oh, anger is a negative experience. Well, that's not true. It's just an emotion. We, we're the ones who label emotions as negative or positive. At the end of the day, emotions are just emotions and they're really I'm going against, not going against what I was saying before, but it's a play on words because there's really no good or bad emotions. But when we experience emotions, we experience them as either good or bad. So yeah, that's the first, first way to guide yourself towards reconnecting to your intuition and to your true self. And yeah, that is to really, really get in touch and in tune with your emotions and to recognize when you don't feel good and to explore why and look within. Uh, what a lot of us do when we don't feel good is we externalize straight away. We miss a very important step straight away. We go, 
I don't feel good because my boyfriend did that, or I don't feel good because my boss treated me like that. But it's actually not the external experience that's creating the emotional response. As I said, it's actually the narrative and the story that you're playing that that's coming up for you in the experience. So that's why the internal step of looking inwards and exploring why I, why did you feel the way that you feel? You won't find the answer in going, Oh, it's cause my boss is a piece of shit or it's cause my boyfriend's stupid. Like that is you, ex- that's a repression right there. Like that's actually a great example of you not feeling your emotions. You're, you're offloading the experience and you're saying, I feel this way because of somebody else. And in doing so, you miss out on the opportunity to really discover what that emotion was trying to tell you because in your mind, it is not your responsibility. So you see how deflection like this really causes more damage than good to us. So yeah, getting still. And assessing experiences internally where you take responsibility in the sense of you go, okay, I understand that I feel this way because of myself and I'm going to get in tune and I'm going to explore and see what narratives that I have going on inside of my mind so I can consciously create and I can release narratives that don't serve me by either releasing them through recognition or through taking action. and that is how you're going to feel better and better. Like you're going to feel good a lot more than what you used to. And while you're still going to ride the emotional waves and the highs and lows, that's great because again, it's just that that's part of the evolutionary process. That's how you get deeper in deeper connection with who you really are through recognizing when you feel good and recognizing when you don't feel good. So the second process that I wanted to share with you guys is further going to assist you in utilizing your emotional guidance system and that is envisioning your future self. So I really want you right now to get in tune with a certain goal or a certain vision that you have for your life. It could be your relationships, it could be your career, it could be your home, it could be a vacation. Like I just want you to focus on what you want to focus on. So I want to focus, I want you to connect with your future self and I want you to connect with you know, the fact that your future self has what you desire, like they're experiencing life in the way that you want to experience it. They, you know, have that relationship or they, you know, they're, they, they've got that successful business or they've got that beautiful career that they love, whatever it is. And I want you to really, as I said, this, this only works if you're honest with yourself. So, you know, you've got to, you got to put the walls down, you know, don't blame, don't, don't deflect. And this can only with practice, you'll get better at this. Uh, but essentially you want to, you want to envision this future self whenever you're faced with a decision or whenever there's kind of uncertainty coming up for you, um, asking the simple question, what would my future self do can really help you define the difference between a fear-based decision and actually leaning into the resistance, um, which is challenging the fear-based belief. So yeah, when you can get connected with that future self, say, yeah, say your future self is in a healthy relationship or is in the type of relationship that you desire and in the type of relationship that you desire, you, it's really important for you to have like honest conversation and like that's what you desire in your relationships. But then say you have a certain feeling or emotion come up and you aren't telling 
you know, even if it's not a boyfriend or a girlfriend or an intimate partner, say you're not even able to share with your friends or your family members how you're feeling about certain things, then how are you going to have this relationship that you envision for yourself in the future? You see, like you're going to have to, if you want that open, honest communication, you're going to have to communicate and you're going to have to share how you feel. So even though in the moment you might be feeling a lot of fear when you're like worrying or thinking about a conversation you're going to have to have, just connecting to your future self and and thinking and realizing to yourself, wait a second, this is what my future self does. My future self has these, these healthy relationships with really good communication. So you know, you, ha- you have to start acting like your future self. Like you become your future self by acting like them now. That's how you do it. So through this process of connecting to the future self, it's actually very much the same as c- connecting to your intuition because in that moment, even though you've got that temporary resistance, you're still focusing on the end goal and the end goal is what you desire. So the end goal is I desire the X, Y, Z, or I desire this. I desire good communication in my relationships. The current dilemma is I'm feeling really uncomfortable about sharing um, an an emotional experience that I've been having or sharing my feelings with somebody. And the reality is that if I desire this for myself, I have to have this conversation even though I feel afraid right now. So you see how helpful that is in allowing you to define the difference between between making a fear-based decision and um, avoiding the resistance, you know, of challenging a fear-based belief. So say another example of the other way around, say, um, what's a fear-based belief? So say in the same example, you desire good communication in your relationships and you go to share with somebody else how you feel. You share with somebody your experience and say they reject that and they tell you that you're being selfish or they kind of like they're deflecting their emotional experience onto you and they're, you know, because they they are feeling uncomfortable. They don't feel good around you and they're blaming that on you. So say, yeah, they kind of, you share your experience and you you know did the best that you could to share that in the best way that you could and then you have somebody you care about reject that and say that you you know you're selfish or you're so rude or you're so disrespectful and in that moment yeah you're going to feel so uncomfortable and say you now have to decide whether or not you um end this relationship or you continue on with this relationship. So say there's a lot of fear for you in ending this relationship, you know, it's going to feel, it's because you you care about this person too, you know, there's a lot of other things going on here. You're going to really care about that person. So it's going to bring up a lot for you in the sense of you don't want to be without them because you love them. But at the same time, you desire relationships where you can freely communicate and be yourself and unfortunately, in this particular relationship, that's not that's not available in this relationship. There is no honest communication. Um, so although you've got this fear, like if you like this is this is this is a this is the fear that you want to avoid, because essentially, if you were to succumb to this fear and 
being afraid of ending the relationship, what you're doing is you're going against your intuition because again, you have that vision for yourself that you have these healthy relationships with good communication. Yet, if you don't end this relationship, you're going to be not behaving and taking action in the way that your future self does, which is why your future self has great relationships with good communication. So this is an example of how, again, when you envision that future self, you can go, wait a second, my future self wouldn't allow their energy to be continuously drained by somebody else who's still trying to discern their own experience and you know still trying to figure out their own lives and they're projecting that onto me your future self doesn't have those people in her in his or her bubble see so now you can realize okay even though i'm feeling really afraid of ending this relationship i know based off connecting to this vision i have for myself that this is the behavior and this is the action that i do need to take if i want to get this result so now you're going to be able to end that relationship. You're going to feel the fear. You're going to end the relationship. And it's going to be an emotional experience for you. But ultimately, that was you again following that intuitive guidance because you've connected to what you desired. So I hope in those two examples that I shared with you that that really helps you to, to connect with what is fear-based and what is you leaning into resistance, aka destroying the fear-based belief. Feel free to re-listen to that and uh, as many times as you need to because I know I kind of went around in circles a little bit. That's how I talk about things. So definitely re-listen to that because this is a very, very, very helpful part of the episode for you. And the third powerful way that you can reconnect with your intuition is through utilizing the human design system. So I'm going to be sharing in the last segment of this episode today all of the different ways that your intuition can express itself and where your intuition may be in your body. So we have that general statement of trusting your gut, you know, trust the gut. Um, but not everybody has a gut intuition. A lot of people do, but there's actually many other ways to experience your intuition. So yes, utilizing the human design system can really help you to connect with and understand what your intuition is and how that feels to you and what the experience is for you when you're in touch and in tune with your intuition and having that practical understanding of your intuition is really going to allow you to experiment with it more and get more clear on what is intuitive knowing and what is fear-based belief. So yes, I will touch on that at the last bit of this episode here, the third way that you can reconnect with your intuition. So Reconnecting with your intuition is like going to the gym. So after years and years of years of allowing fear-based conditioning to rule the decisions and make the decisions in our life, and when we decide and we realize, wait a second, I'm running around in circles, I'm not feeling aligned, I'm not feeling connected, I'm not feeling fulfilled, and that's usually when we feel that drive to go, I'm going to do what I need to do to reconnect to myself. It's going to be like, imagine... You want to do a hundred push-ups, but you can't even do one push-up right now. You can't just go to the gym once every six months and be able to do a hundred push-ups when you can't even do one. The way that you're going to be able to do a hundred push-ups is by going every day or, you know, practicing push-ups every day, making a bit of a plan, having a habit around that, and it's going to feel 
like a lot of work because it's not going to be an autopiloted like habit in the beginning. You're going to have to like force yourself almost. It's going to feel like that sometimes. But again, the reason you're doing that is because you know what your vision is. You know, you want to be able to do a hundred push-ups. So even though you wake up, you're like, I feel crappy, whatever, you know, you want to be able to do a hundred push-ups. And if that's what you desire, you know that this is the action you have to take. And the same is true for reconnecting to your intuition. It's really great to hear all this advice and share this really, really powerful information with you, but you're the only one that can really utilize this information and, and make make what I'm sharing with you uh, a reality for yourself where you can now do and use these systems and utilize these systems to reconnect your intuition. So it's a, you've got to have to make a plan around how how are you going to reconnect your intuition and then stick to that plan. So it is like going to the gym. It's like a workout for the mind. And your mind is just the, the honestly the foundation of everything because that's how you're getting your perception of life is being filtered through your mind. So yeah, this is the best place for you to be doing a workout in your mind. <laughs> um, okay, so now I'm going to be touching on the personal like effects of attuning to your intuition and reconnecting to the intuition so what is it going to do for your life to be able to trust yourself again and make decisions for yourself again well I've already kind of answered the question like reconnecting to your intuition means you're going to be able to trust yourself again you're not going to be confused about what you do and you you know this is where you're going to really eradicate a lot of anxiety in your life because so much anxiety comes from just indecision and and just not being sure about anything so the more that you're able to reconnect and get attuned with your emotional sorry with your intuition the less anxiety you're going to feel the more confident you're going to feel and I also want to be clear that the process of reconnecting to intuition means you are going to be making mistakes and mistakes aren't bad so what's really important is that you're leaning into all of the experiences so say when you're in the process of learning to trust your intuition again, and here's an example, say you're like, okay, I'm learning to reconnect with my intuition. I'm not going to let my mind make decisions for me anymore. I want to be living a life that feels fucking good for me. So this is why I'm doing it. And then say you have a really close friend who organized a party a couple of weeks ago and um, you said you were going to go to this party, for example. And then like the day of the party, you just do not want to go to this party. Like it's the thought of it just makes you sick, but your in your mind, you're going to be like, I got to go to this party. I've said, I'm going to go, you know, it's the respectful thing to do. It would be rude if I didn't go see how your mind you're actually in your mind. Now you're actually disregarding the intuition that's come through. Like you're, you don't want to go to this party. So, you know, somebody was like, Hey, what time are you going to go to the party? And you just felt like, I just don't want to go to this party. But then you're like feeling guilty because you've said yes to going already. And you're going to be feeling shit because as I said, the narrative and the thoughts that you're thinking are not aligned with who you really are. So a lot of the time, what people will do in this situation is they'll go to the party, even though they did not want to go. Because again, as I said, they let their mind make the decision. That's what happened there. Their mind made the choice. Their mind said, you're rude if you don't go. Um, they're not going to be your friend anymore if you don't go, blah, blah, blah. So you pick up, pick yourself up and force yourself to go to the party. And guess what? Nobody actually wants to hang out with you unless you want to hang out with them. Like for me personally, I could not imagine like 
a bunch of people coming to my house and they didn't even want to come to my house. Like that just sounds like a mood killer to me because what people really want is access to your energy and access to you feeling so good and alive. That's what we all want. So if you're feeling like you don't want to go to the party and you still go to the party, it's still not even going to be fulfilling for your friend that you're there. Um, And if it is, it's because they're used to you sacrificing your own needs and you've conditioned that in the relationship. So that's something you're going to have to restructure in the relationship if you want it to keep going. And the only way to restructure it is to start to trust your intuition. So it might mean that I'm not saying be non-committal, but sometimes guess what? You don't feel like going and you've said you're going to go. I cannot tell you how many years I just would force myself to go to all of the things. I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't even realize that I was thinking all of these things like I'm a bad person if I didn't go. Like it was just automatic for me to just go to everything. And I never really thought about whether I wanted to go or not. So the process of me deconditioning myself Um, because I'm actually somebody who has an in the now intuition, like an in the now, I can't predict the future intuition. So while I could commit to something now that's two weeks from now, I have this in the now um, intuition. So guess what? Sometimes what was good for me one day isn't good for me the next. So part of me deconditioning myself was realizing that it was okay for me to actually ask myself, do I want to go to a party or not? I didn't even used to ask myself. I would just go. And then I would realize, fuck, like I don't want to go. And sometimes I would say I wanted to go and then I would realize I didn't. And then I'd have to go through the process of where my mind was like, oh, that's so embarrassing that you're going to be canceling. You're so, uh, people are going to think you're flighty or this or that. And I had to lean into that resistance and go, no. And I had to make those decisions. And that again is the process of deconditioning. So yeah, your um, what was I? I've lost track of what I lost my thought there. Um, but yeah, anyway, oh yeah, that's what I was getting. Your mistakes. So essentially, say uh, to finish this thought off, say I knew I didn't want to go to a party, and I acknowledged that I didn't want to go to the party, but I went anyway because look, my mind uh, won over my intuition, and I went to the party. And the party was fucking terrible and I actually hated my t- hated it. Um, and then I come back. That is a really great, that's great data that you've just collected. So even though you might not have followed your intuition, it's still great data because now you can reflect and go, oh my God, that's so funny that I hated that party because I already knew I was going to not like it because my intuition told me, but I still went because my mind overrid, over, like overrode my intuition. And just the very experience of you making that mistake has now you've now collected really, really great data from your own experience where next time you feel like you don't want to do something, you'll have that experience and go, remember when you had the same feeling that you have now and you still went to that party and you hated it. And you'll be able to go, wait a second, I'm feeling the same way. My mind's telling me I should do it. I need to do it. I'm a bad person, X, Y, Z. But now you've got that previous experience, that previous mistake, quote unquote, that you made that is now going to really help guide you to follow your intuition. So guess what, honey, you can't fuck it up. The best thing for you to do is just to make the decision and bring awareness to the decision. That's really the key is the awareness. I'll talk more about the awareness of your choice. But the fact that I, in that example, that I was aware that I didn't want to go to the party, but I went anyway, that awareness is super helpful because as I said, through that awareness, you could recognize I knew I didn't want to go. I went and this is how it turned out. So now next time you, again, you, now that you've got that awareness, you can go, wait a second, I'm experiencing this again. And now 
because I was aware of when that experience happened, I can connect the dots and I'm going to try a different behavior. So instead of just doing the same thing and going to the party again, you're going to try a different behavior where you trust your intuition and you go, Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. And you don't go and you feel so good and you had the best time. And also you realize that your friend didn't hate you, for example, because that might've been a thought that was going on. And then, as I said, through that process, you've now taken a different action. So your past experiences, even though you may make mistakes, are really going to assist you in making the correct decisions for yourself going forward. And that's what it's all about, playing around. You know, don't 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 get so serious about having to be right and get it right the first time. That's just not gonna like get get, you know, kind of curious with it. Get don't take it so seriously. You know, if you fuck up, you fuck up. It happens. It's not a big deal. So that's how it's going to affect you on the personal level. You know, reconnecting to your intuition is going to be such a game changer for you. Now in your relationships. So as you go through this deconditioning process, you're going to be changing how you behave, how you communicate. Like naturally you're going to start to change. So if the beginning is always the hardest people, when you start deciding for yourself these are the friendships I want these are the relationships I want and before that you weren't consciously deciding the fact of the matter is that you're probably going to be around like you're probably going to be in relationships or in friendships that just aren't what you want and that's a fact and this is the hardest part of the process because in this process there's going to be a real ruffling up you know there's going to be relationships ending friendships ending you're going to be by yourself for the first time. Perhaps you had a certain coping mechanism, like a fear-based programming where you always felt like you needed to be around people. So that's probably one of the reasons why you might have particular friends that when you really connect with what you desire, aren't aligned with that. And the process of you getting, um, you know, releasing these friendships means you're going to have to be alone and you've never, you haven't been alone in years. You know, that's going to be a very challenging experience for you to navigate. But nonetheless, it's what you have to go through if you're committed to what you truly desire. If you're committed to what you want in your life, this is the necessary resistance you have to lean into if you want the results that you desire. There is no avoiding this. So let's make it as best as it can be um, and let's communicate as best as we can. So I've found that in my experience, when I've made changes in my behavior and, you know, and obviously as I change things around me move and change too I think sometimes it can be very stressful when you don't know when something's going to happen so say you used to say yes to everything as I said you're you're a people pleaser you know you have these people pleasing tendencies and you've got friendships where guess what that person is used to you used to you saying yes to everything used to you um, doing what they want you to do. Like you might've just been, you might've literally said yes to everything this person wanted. And then you realize that's not serving you. A lot of people will go, well, that friend's selfish or this. But as I said, this process of thinking is just going to, you're going to miss the lesson here. So what I want you to realize is when you go, wait a second, I always say yes to this friend, for example, and I always help them with all of their things. But then when I ask for their help, they don't, they say, no, I'm busy. Um, it, this is an example where a lot of the time our protective mechanism comes up, our fear-based beliefs come up and we go, that's because this person's a fucking selfish person or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, is that person's just doing what they want. If they don't want to help you, they don't want to help you. 
why do they owe you? And you're saying, well, I help them all the time. Well, then you have to get honest with yourself and go, why are you helping them? And did you actually want to? Because if you actually really, really wanted to do something, it's not going to feel like, it's not going to feel like anybody owes you anything else. So if your friend called you up and was like, hey, can you help me with this? And you felt like a fuck yes energy of, I can't wait to go see this person and help them then you would go do it and you wouldn't ever feel like they owed you anything in return. So if you then called them up and you were like, hey, can you help me with this? And they were like, hey, I'm busy, I can't. You wouldn't have this feeling of resentment building inside of you where you're like, well, fuck, they don't help, like they're not helping me and I help them. The only reason you ever experienced that is when you did not listen to your intuition and you sacrificed your own needs for somebody else. That is where this kind of re- resentment builds and these thoughts come through. So it's actually not your friend, the friend that never comes to help you's fault that you're resenting them. It's your fault. And as I said, fault blame, it's just like the language isn't the best, but you don't need to like blame yourself. It's just being aware of it and going, wait a second. When they called me up asking if I could help them with this, I didn't want to go. I was tired. I didn't have the energy. But in that moment, my mind was like, hey, be a good friend and go help. And in that moment, I didn't listen to my intuition. I sacrificed my own needs for somebody else, but really what you were doing is you sacrificed your own needs because of that voice in your head and you were scared of it. That's really why. And now I'm resenting my friend because they don't help me. So you see how it always comes back to you. And communication is important because that person, that friend that wasn't helping you, for example, and in your mind you're starting to like get resentful and you're kind of demonizing them. And because again, that's that demonization of that friend is again, it's that it's actually that belief that shit, that belief of their that that belief that you need to like sacrifice your own needs and go help everybody. That's what's being protected right now by blaming the friend for not for never helping you. That's that's actually your mind's way again of protecting this fear-based belief. So it's not your friend's fault that they didn't want to help you. They just were doing what they wanted. They were doing what felt right for them. It's not their problem that you aren't, you don't have the ability and the boundaries within yourself to do what you want to do. That's your problem. And that's great. Like that's exciting. That is your problem. And you are, you can fix it. Cause if it's your friend's problem, you can't control that. You can only control what, 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 you know, what's going on within you. So now you can recognize that this is still going to be a, a change for your friend in this example, because they're used to you saying yes to everything. They might like, they might not be intentionally trying to take advantage of you. They just knew that you were always the person that could be there. And you were because you were just always did what they wanted. And you said that you were doing it for them, but you were doing it to protect the fear-based belief that you have. So now when you start reconnecting to your intuition and your friend calls up and they, they know you're going to say yes, because you say yes a hundred percent of the time. And this time you say no, they naturally they're going to perceive that as something is wrong because they're used to you acting a certain way behaving a certain way and in this example they're used to you saying yes so because they're used to you saying yes it's going to be a challenging thing for them like uh, and for you because guess what a lot of the time what might stop you from making that change and changing your behavior is you're afraid that your friend will take it personally, for example. 
So you might be like, well, I don't want them to take it personally, blah, 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 which is also you, again, these narratives are still defending the shitty belief still. So the best thing to do is to like get it out in the open and say when you're making changes in your life and you're realizing that certain behaviors you were doing were fear-based and you're now going to be leaning into that resistance and listening to your intuition now, it's helpful to sit down the people who you know this is going to affect. And you don't have to do this, but this is this is the point of my relationship segment in this uh, podcast is to let's lay out some really cool communication hacks for you that can assist you in releasing that that um, fear you have about challenging this belief that's become your foundation. So sit your friend down in this in this example. Sit the friend down that that loves your help and always gets your help and go, hey, look, um, going forward, I've realized that um, I haven't been putting my own needs first in my in lots of areas of my life, and I've been learning about reconnecting to my intuition, and I'm going to be learning to trust you know, uh, when I feel like I should be doing something and when I feel like I shouldn't. And you can literally just explain it and go, I've kind of always put this pressure on myself to be there for my friends all the time, even when I'm sick and tired and even when I have other things planned. And I'm realizing that this isn't helping and serving me. And I'm also realizing that because I'm not putting myself first, I was starting to have thoughts about you where I was resenting you and I love you so much and I don't want this resentment to continue to build and I'm realizing that I need to put myself first so so our relationship can thrive and this person is most likely going to understand and as I said if they don't and say they say for example they got they they'd be like well if you can't help me when I need you then you're a bad friend then as I said look the reason that they were attracted into your experience is because that belief that you are really focusing on has attracted that type of person in that has that same belief as you and it's okay. So now you get to let that go because you're shifting your belief. You get to have different experiences with different people that have different beliefs like you. So yeah, perhaps maybe it will be that that person is like, well, fuck you, I'm out. But And while, yeah, look, it's like ripping, um, it's just like, just rip the bandaid off. <laughs> just rip it off. I know it sucks. And you can still send love and you can still care about that person, but it's important that you put yourself first. But guess what? 90% of the time, what's going to happen is your friend's going to go, oh, wow, like, you know, I completely understand. They might even be like, look, I was, I'm actually struggling with similar stuff. And before, you know, this, this real conversation, this is what we're living for. This is the real stuff, you know? So having that conversation is going to help you to feel supported, either supported by your friends, supported by yourself because you're taking that action again. Um, and also if that, if that isn't going to be a support for you, like if, if you were going to be rejected, then you've created, then you've, re- you're going to have released, um, certain things in your environment that were making it even harder for you to take that action. So either way, it's a win-win. So you see win-win either way. Um, yeah, so that's a really, really great advice there that I want to share with you. And, yeah, it's up to you to decide whether you want to sit down and have that conversation with whoever you think that uh, is going to be affected by you in the coming weeks or month at months as you reconnect with your intuition. And yeah, you might even do this in a work situation. You know, maybe you were always the person that just couldn't say no when your boss was like, I need you to work an extra couple of hours. And even just having the conversation of just so you know, going forward, I'm going to really be prioritizing my time 
you know, outside of work a lot more than what I have been. So therefore you might not be getting me to help out with extra shifts as much as you have been in the past. See, just setting that new precedent means it won't be as surprising for the person when they call you and you've always taken the extra shift and you go, no, they're not going to like, there's not going to be this kind of internal story running in their mind where they're like, wow, this person, what's going on with them? Like, are they going to quit or like, you know, they'll have their own things going on and that makes it kind of more challenging. Just setting that precedent really makes things smoother. So yeah, that was what I wanted to share on that. And yeah, finally, it is just important to know that following your intuition is not only, oh my goodness, this episode's gone for like an hour. This is a really nice, juicy episode. It's important to know that following your intuition is not only what's best for you, but it is what's best for others too. Because if you're in a relationship that is aligned, it's going to feel beautiful for you and beautiful for the other person. If one person is hating their life and pretending they're not hating their life, that sucks for both people because the other person thinks that you're enjoying their time, their energy, and they think they're thinking that it's all great, but you're not showing your true self. And it sucks because that other person isn't getting the real you. So they could have a, they could have a person around them that really, really loves them for who they are, like really aligns with their energy, but you're there pretending to be someone you're not. So both of you are missing out. So even though, It might suck to, again, have relationships end and it might feel terrible in the moment. It's best for both, always. You putting yourself first and you following your intuition is always what's best for everyone, even if it doesn't seem like that, even if other people do not interpret it like that. It's all okay because everybody's got their own insecurities and their own fear-based beliefs that they're working through and they're going to be projecting that out because guess what? Sometimes you project your fear-based beliefs out too, so it's okay. So I decided to split today's episode into two parts because it ended up going for an hour and 15 minutes. So that was great. And the first part is really juicy. The reason it went for so long was because I really provided a lot of really good examples, like real life scenarios that will help you to understand the tools, the techniques and the insights that I've shared in today's episode. So it's going to be super helpful for you. And the part two will have the human design hack section where I'll be talking about the specific types of intuition that you can have in your body. So with that said, enjoy the part one of this episode and look forward to the part two next week where I will be sharing that part with all the human design juice at the end there. I'm so glad you pushed play and I hope you got so much juice from today's episode. Start applying all the tools and techniques that resonated with you so you can continue to embrace who you really are, one new action and belief at a time. If you're loving the podcast, be sure to leave a review. Every month I select one person who has rated my podcast and shared it on their social media to join me for a complimentary human design reading podcast episode. Make sure you let me know when you share the podcast so I get your entry. Now go enjoy your day or night wherever you are. I can't wait for next week's episode.